0: Welcome to the Seth Campbell Podcast. This show is to equip you with real-world tactics to improve your leadership skills, build your wealth, and cause you to leave a multi-generational impact on your world. My name is Seth Campbell, I'm your host, and this is episode 20, Leading Groups Effectively for Scale, part one, Vectors. In this episode, we are going to jump into a real important concept, and I'm actually gonna do this in a three-part series, All about leading people, leading groups of people effectively towards scale. And in each one of these sections, I'm going to break down what I witness is one of the biggest, some of the biggest challenges that I see organizations that struggle to scale. I help people scale companies and businesses all the time. And some of the key factors in preventing scales is actually leading groups effectively. What does ineffective look like? That might be the better thing to start with so you can maybe relate to it. Ineffective group leadership for scale feels like too many people to lead. Oh my gosh, like we got, we're getting busy. I'm hiring more people. This is getting tough for me as a leader. It's exhausting. There's too many people for me to hold accountable. Turnover is starting to pick up. It's exhausting. Many times it feels like one step forward, two steps backwards. I'm starting to consider maybe going back to the fun days when it was smaller and it appeared easier to lead. I am questioning my own leadership at this level. And you know what? So many businesses struggle to scale just because of that right there. Naturally, as you get more successful in the early stages and you start building up, you find yourself needing to hire more people, hire more talent and bring in more folks. And then inevitably we sometimes, or. If we follow our natural instincts, we tend to have all these people reporting to us. It creates a ton of exhaustion. Naturally, it's difficult to lead a lot of people individually or the way you'd lead a small group. And that becomes one of the biggest issues to scale. Too many times when I consult with these small businesses that are working towards scale or even some large businesses working in scale is I, I come across an owner or a leader or a founder who's getting tired. And he's really considering going backwards. It feels a lot like the hamster wheel of leadership. And there's a question mark on, should I even bring more people? I think I need to lean more quality. There's too many people, it's getting out of hand and it's very difficult. And what I've learned is there's a few key tactics on leading groups effectively that can break right through that mess and that hamster wheel with less hours, by the way, and help you get to scale. So I'm gonna break this into three-part series And in part one, it's all, it's going to be all about alignment hacks. It's going to be very deep dive into, and I'm going to give you a real couple of key factors, five key factors that will help you with your alignment. Part two is going to be about how to effectively lead larger groups than you have right now in less minutes. Yes, it's possible. Part three is going to be the final list of critical ingredients that will keep you from going backwards so you don't get back on that hamster wheel and you can just push right through scale and have a huge success so let's dive into alignment and i'm going to start with this quote from elon musk i am an elon musk fan and this is it's weird it's almost like a little known quote of his out there yet for me it might be my favorite quote of all of his quotes that the things that i've witnessed that he said before and If you're watching on our YouTube channel or our uh, Facebook group on Seth Campbell Podcast, you'll be able to see it on the screen behind me and I'll read it to you in case you're hearing this audio only. Elon said, every person in your company is a vector. Your progress is determined by the sum of all vectors. Think about that. Every person in your company is a vector. Your progress is determined by the sum of all vectors. What is a a math word or a science word? I'll read it to you right from Merriam-Webster dictionary. Yes, it still exists. It's just online now. Merriam-Webster dictionary says the definition of vector. I'll give you a couple of them. A quantity that has a magnitude and direction that is commonly represented by a direct line segment whose length represents magnitude and whose orientation in space represents the direction. So it is a magnitude and a direction, and it's usually displayed as a line. The length of the line represents a magnitude, how big it is, and the orientation, which way the line is pointing, is representative of a direction. Second version of the definition says, a course or compass direction, especially of an airplane. Vectors are lines that are headed in a direction. And we've got to start with this core truth. And this is one that I got to tell you, it's difficult to wrap your head around when you're in it and you're feeling it and you may disagree with this. And yet, as you think through it, you'll see this is the core truth that we're going to hold on to for this entire session. And the core, the core truth is all people in your organization are in motion. Nobody's not moving ever. Sometimes it feels like we've got a couple of people that have sat down or have stopped moving, and the truth is they're moving. They just, you, you don't think they're moving, we don't think they're moving because they're not headed in the same direction that we are. We think they've stopped, and the truth is they are moving. Now they're moving in a direction that may be better for them, or they're moving in a direction that is towards exhaustion or recovery from exhaustion. Yet make no mistake, if people are breathing, they're headed in a direction, personally, professionally, in other words. Every moment of our day, every second we make a decision, what do I do in the next second? That second points us in a direction. So, all people are vectors, and vectors don't stop moving, they're lines. It's just a matter of yes, they move at different speeds. Yes, they move at different lengths of time. And yet, they all are moving in a direction. So, our job as leaders in this key piece towards getting alignment to lead groups effectively towards scale is understanding the principle of alignment. And we got to recognize this core truth that all people are in motion. Always, all of your people are headed in a direction today, right now, as you're listening to this, are they headed in? The the only question is, are they headed in the direction that you want, that the company needs? So I'm gonna give you five key rules to follow inside of this lesson. Key rule number one is the leadership position. The question I get asked all the time, and we hear it debated all all over the place is, should I lead from the front? Should I lead from the back? Should I lead from the sides? What's the answer? Yes, yes, and yes, all of the above. It, It drives me crazy when people just say, always lead from the back, always lead from the front and front and the sides. It really depends on the person, depends on the situation. So the goal is alignment, not method. The goal is alignment as a leader to get through this mess and to get to scale to get through leading multiple people the goal is alignment not the method too many times we make our method our goal and then we head in all kinds of different directions so remember that the goal is alignment because your method changes but your goal won't for example let's say it's an emergency right now i don't know when you're listening to this but as of today we've got a war, we've got a Russia invading Ukraine and the whole world is witnessing President Zelensky of of Ukraine. Where would you say he's leading from right now? When you listen to this, the front, the back or on the sides, he's leading from the front. He's out there in the street. He's on TV every day. He's sending messages on social media. He's talking to other world leaders, asking for help. That dude is leading from the front. So as a leader. Now, I want you to think about in reverse, what if we never heard from the dude? What if he was silent? What if he was leading from the back? How would his people feel? Would they be putting up the resistance that they're putting right now? Would they be as aligned and unified as they are right now? No way. When we have an emergency, do we want our president on TV talking to us? Maybe not if you don't like him, but if, if you do, Either way though, you still want to hear from the leader. Don't you? you, when there's a sense of emergency creates instability, you want to hear from the leader, you don't want to hear from their, their press agent, same thing goes for your company, your organization. So during times of emergency, yeah, lead from out front. If there's a fire in the building, be the one telling everybody where to go by the door, come through here. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Don't like, let me sit back and see how they navigate through this one i'm gonna let them self-discover their way out of this fire no you want to do that it's silly so you leave from the front in those situations when should you lead from the rear you lead from the back when you are developing other leaders who now are pulling the vectors towards the alignment that you've chosen you wouldn't do it before that because what happens sometimes we Start to develop leaders, and I've made this mistake all too often. and I really want them to be an empowered leader, so I'll lead from the back too early before they're really already they might actually be moving in the right direction, but they not have not yet developed the leadership skills or the influence to pull other vectors in that direction. Remember, all people are vectors. every person in your company is a vector. The progress of your company is the sum is determined by the sum of all your vectors. So, if I'm leading from the back and I'm allowing some others to be leading the rest of the vectors, they better be moving in the direction that I've chosen my direction, our direction, the organization's direction, or else I probably shouldn't be leading from the back yet, at least with those individuals. Now, leading from the side is one that we often don't talk about. And I learned actually through my own journey as uh, somebody going up in the ranks in different organizations before I started running them. And it really, Goes for what I call renegade talent, which I am unfortunately in that category slash fortunately we are, and you probably are too. If you're listening to this, the misunderstood individual kind of, you know, ask forgiveness later, ask permission, never. And, and you just get things done and move in a direction. You're pretty clear on the direction, but what happens is with renegade talent, it's almost like you want to put the bumpers up on the bowling lane, but to keep the gutter balls. So you lead from the sides, almost like rails. I have a visual of a ball rolling down a hill and I'm going to be the leader that's on the sides, the two rails. And what happens is I give that, that renegade talent, a lot of space to bounce around and keep going. Cause they're moving. they usually are the ones moving a lot faster than everybody else. And if they start going zigzagging too much, they can start doing damage, running at other people, trying to jump over the sides. I'll pull the rails in a little bit. That's pull the reins in a little bit, pull their their level of authority and autonomy. I'll narrow that and get that ball more focused, moving faster forward in that same direction. And then I'll create space. And they have a lot of respect for that because they don't need to be pushed and they don't need to be pulled. It's almost an insult and disrespectful. And when you get that close to them, and that controlling at least in their perception, then it can actually offend them to the point where they leave. And there's no reason to lose renegade talent if they're really tied into the mission and acting culturally appropriate. So you would just pull the rails in a little bit to get them focused and moving faster in a more narrow direction, and then you give them more space. So that's leadership position, key rule number one to follow. Key rule number two is about communication direction publicly, privately, constantly. What's my role in communication? I must give direction publicly, privately, constantly all the time. I'm speaking direction. Another big debate in leadership. What happens when people need help? What happens when they ask for instruction? Do I help them self-discover? Do I do the Socratic method of just what would you do? What do you think is the right answer? Or do I just give them the answer and we move faster? I'm a fan of more of the self-discovery method because I believe long-term that develops leaders. I know long-term it develops leaders and they begin to think for themselves. And yet it almost doesn't matter in this context, whether you give them the answer or you help them self-discover the right answer, your goal, that's about method. Be flexible on your method, be solid on your goal. What's the goal? The goal is alignment. So no matter which path I choose, because for somebody that's new, I probably maybe give the answer. It's day one, it's week one and we're in a training mode or it's a new new habit for them or a new task for them or a new thing that they've undertaken. I'm probably closer to that person. I'm probably giving less space. I'm probably asking less questions and giving more direction for that particular individual. So I'm not in a self-discovery leadership mode. Either way, I'm giving direction. How does that sound? It, it sounds like I, I'm saying like if it's a self-discovery mode, I'm saying we're going this direction. This is our ultimate mission. This is our ultimate goal. This is where we're headed. This is what we're trying to achieve. What do you think is the right answer here? If it's giving answers, here's the direction we're going. Here's what we're out to achieve. Here's where we're headed. Here's why we're doing what we do. Here's why we exist. So this is why I'm gonna give you this answer. And you see the difference there? Is what I'm doing is I'm aligning and instructing. I'm aligning and self-discovery. So my communication method, whether it's self-discovery or whether it's giving answers, either way, I give direction. I insert direction in every single conversation, no matter what. So communication is about giving direction in publicly, privately, constantly. That's rule number two. Rule number three, I call the lost sheep rule. What do you do? What is the, what does the shepherd do when one sheep starts to wander off? A vector starts to wander off is you go get him and you pull him back into the herd. So your job as the leader is as soon as you recognize a sheep, one of the people, and I'm not saying people are sheep, I'm just using an analogy of shepherds. Cause it's biblical is when one person starts to wander off is you as the leader go get them and pull them back into the crowd you pull them back into the to the vectors pointing in the appropriate direction and you got to do that fast because what happens if you let them wander too far the amount of time it takes you to go get them you may not be able to pull them back at that point it may be too far and yet either way the amount of time it takes you to go pull them back what have you done you've left everybody else going And you may come back to a scatter. You may come back to all the people heading all direction because what is the core truth? All people are moving all the time. So you've got to quickly, as soon as somebody, like within minutes, starts to slide off direction. We're in a meeting and they said something that was out of alignment. Maybe I don't publicly correct that. Maybe I just say a general statement. Here's where we're going, here's where we're headed. And then as soon as that meeting is over, I'm calling that person or I'm pulling them aside. And I'm saying like, Hey, where's your head at? Where you don't forget, like we're going that direction and that's where we're headed. So that's why, like what you said, I I just want to double check and check the temperature on that. Are you still heading that direction? Are you still thinking with that lens, making decisions about going that way? So the lost sheep role is move fast and help pull the vector back in alignment. Don't let it go too far, or you might come back to a scatter. And it's really hard to get off that rule. Number four is about updates. How many of y'all love meetings? Tired of meetings, no more meetings. We've already covered that. What am I going to do as a leader? I keep talking about that all the time. They already know that, or I let too much time pass between meetings. As you do that, as you have that voice in your head saying, oh, we don't need another meeting, we don't need to repeat the same thing. I don't have any content, any of that. I want you to feel the vectors all starting to go in different directions. You could feel it inside. You're lying to yourself. If you think that they're all heading the same direction, because one of the challenges as a leader, I'm real clear on the direction inside and out. I probably say it inside my head out loud a thousand times a day, but if I don't actually say it out loud to other people or too much time passes between that amount of communication, then. They're sliding in another direction because the core belief is all people are moving in some direction all the time. And I've got to constantly be declaring the decorate the, the direction inside of that. So what happens is we have this problem where meetings, sometimes we don't keep giving updates on the same direction or worse. Each meeting seems to have a different direction. Have you been part of that? Is it happening with you right now? The meetings keep changing. Most common reason for that, by the way, I've observed is a leader has this feeling for a need for entertainment instead of alignment. That's what I would call it. And I hear that in the terms of, oh, I don't know what I should share in this next meeting. I need some content. I need a video. I need this. I don't really have anything to talk about. And these meetings are feeling boring or repetitious. Now that you can make them exciting, but still talking about the same stuff. The, what happens is if you start skipping meetings. Because you're worried about different content or not being entertaining enough, then you can easily lose alignment and have all your vectors start to spread out in different directions. Just think about the power. How many people do you have right now? Is it five? Is it 50, 500, 5,000? What's the power of 5,000 people heading in the same direction? I'll tell you, unfreaking stoppable. That's what the power is. The second most common reason that i observe people do this is when a leader starts calculating the cost of meetings instead of the cost of realigning a bunch of vectors later and the hassle in that so updates is about constant group meetings communication about direction alignment and giving updates on how we're doing here's the scoreboard remember we're heading this direction this is why we're doing this how we're doing right now the fifth and final rule to follow in leading people effectively, leading groups towards scale in the vectors is timing. Great teams fizzle out. That is an absolute law of nature. The greatest of teams, think about any sports team that's been a dynasty, at some point they fizzle out. This is because a leader tends to set a finish line instead of a milestone. So what's the rule to follow at 70% of your goal, when you're 70% a goal, the leader must set the next goal. Uh, there's a science on motivation of humans that they've studied. Do you know when human motivation's at its highest? It's actually right before hitting a goal. It's 70, 80, 90% of a goal before you hit a goal. That's when a human's motivation is the highest. And their motivation by the time they hit the goal has already declined. So as a leader, I can't be running these declines when it's three or four people, I tend to be able to deal with that when it's 50 people and I'm dealing with different people at different various levels, declining a motivation, I'm on the hamster wheel and I'm exhausted. So as a leader, what I've got to recognize in timing rule is that 70% of us hitting a goal, I set the next milestone and I, there is no finish line. I don't think of anything as a finish line. Because what happens when you cross a finish line? What does anybody do when they cross a finish line? Yeah, they stop, they rest, they take a breath. When you cross a milestone, you can still celebrate. Don't hear me say, go on forever and ever. You still celebrate and you can celebrate while you're moving. Celebration is a must and the leader must already be speaking. By the time you cross that milestone, they must already have been speaking about the greater direction. Don't forget our mission is this. Yes, we're hitting this milestone. And the next milestone after that is this because our mission is greater. What happens is it's not to exhaust people. Exhaustion doesn't come from having too many milestones. Exhaustion doesn't come from having too many milestones. Exhaustion comes from having a finish line that somehow then turns into a new finish line and a milestone. Because if you tell me there's a finish line, I might sprint harder and then as soon as I cross the line, I say, oh no, keep going. That wasn't the finish line. This next one's the finish. That will be exhausting. If it's like, hey, this next milestone on the way to our greater mission is coming up, it's around the corner, let's keep going. And by the way, here's the next milestone. Y'all are awesome, keep going, great job. Then I can actually keep going and I'm not gonna get exhausted. Particularly if the goal, if the milestone and the mission all line up to something that is contribution based and altruistic, we actually should set the big mission as something that we could never achieve inside of our lifetime. Something like we're out to feed the hungry. And what we measure is right now is 5,000 people. And then next is gonna be 10,000, 25. But I die inside my lifetime, never having felt like I fed enough people. That is something that will not cause exhaustion. It will cause great joy. And I've got to have a timing where every single little piece is really just about getting to the next milestone towards a greater mission inside of all of that. What are the five keys? Let's summarize. It's the leadership position, the five rules, it's leadership position, it's communication, it's a lost sheep rule, it's updates and it's timing. All wrapped in this core truth. People are always moving in a direction. The only question, is it the one you've declared that is best for this company? Is it the one that is headed in your mission? That's it for vectors. I hope this is helpful. Join me for the next episode. Part two of leading groups to scale effectively, where I'll teach you how to create three distinct subgroups and exactly how to lead them. This is going to work from 10 people to 10,000 people.